time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, April 18th, 2022. So glad you're here with us. Someone told me you text me that you're just too happy. Well, we get to talk to thousands upon thousands of mortgage professionals and people involved in the real estate finance industry in one way or another. And it is such an honor. And so, yeah, many of you, it is a happy day. It's happy Monday. We're glad to be here with you and share this podcast, another really informative podcast with you. So again, this podcast is created by us mortgage professionals, not necessarily podcast veterans. Well, I guess we're a podcast veteran. We've gotten better at it, but we're mortgage professionals, four mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. We say that each and every week, but our commitment to you each week is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere and at any speed. You're the only podcast that talks so fast that I don't have to speed you up. You speak at 150 already. <laughs> 150. I chuckled when I heard that. I know what that is. I was listening to a book over the weekend. Patrick Lencioni, you hear me refer to him all the time. And I listened to it. It's called The Motive. Great book. Everyone that's listening to this, you need to get the book from Patrick Lencioni. And if you've read it, go back and read it. Such a great, great book. Anyway, I listened to it on Audible, and I listened to it at about 101.4 speed. And I get through books a little bit faster, and my retention's better. So anyway, they say they did a study. If you talk quickly, as long as you put a pause in there once in a while, that actually your retention rate goes up for those of us that speak faster. I don't know if it was a fast-talking speaker like myself that did said that, but anyway, good to have you with us, everybody. Enough on that. Today on the Hot Topic segment, we've got Troy Anderson, Director of Mortgage and Lending Solutions at Finastra, and this is more than just a sponsor. They're doing some leading things with financial institutions and becoming more of a one-stop shop for mortgages, and he's going to explain why when we get into the Hot Topic segment. Okay, well, I don't use Finastra. I've got Ellie Mae, or I've got Black Knights and Power, all great systems, but isn't it interesting to hear what's going Going on in technology. We've got Alan Pollock. He just dialed in. I'm so excited to have Alan in the house. Uh, he'll be talking to us about what a report back from Las Vegas, where the tech conference took place. We'll get a report from him a little bit later on. But we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, we're proud to be a part of IndustrySyndicate.com. Check out all the podcasts there. I got a couple of calls from PR firms recently, one which is a leading PR firm in New York. And they said, we're regular listeners. We're not mortgage professionals, but we advise companies on where to best advertise and where to get their message out on. And look in your podcast, look at on lending and your regulars. He says, look in your funny, but you're boy, you've got some great guests. I go, okay, I'm going to take that. Anyway, we also have some great sponsors. I want to say thank you to the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We're so grateful for our relationship with them. We say this each and every week. If you do not have the Mortgage Action Alliance app downloaded on your smartphone, do it. Have your voice heard in the hill. MBA is doing the best job they can to help with what's going on. And then also, they sponsor some great conferences like the one they just did, the Tech Solutions Conference and Expo in Las Vegas. It was this past week. Better get a report on that. Also, Finastra, Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution, that manage, store, retrieve, and deliver files in an electronic format in a completely paperless environment. And it's going to be what Troy Anderson will be talking about a little bit today. What are the trends there? You should pay attention to it. Even if you don't use Finastra, even though you're not looking at another solution, 
Learn what the leaders are doing. They're all the number one fintech company in the world. They didn't get there because they do stupid strategies. So pay attention to what Troy has to share. Also, Lenders One, great to have them as a sponsor as well as the Mortgage Collaborative. These two co-ops are two great ways for you to connect in a more intimate setting with other lenders and vendors that are bringing specific solutions. Again, they do not negate the importance of being a part of the MBA, but these two co-ops will really help you connect with others. We're members of both. Others are members of both. You should pick one or the other at least, but I encourage you to be members of both of these. Also, Total Expert, which is the only purpose-built CRM and customer engagement platform to create growth and loyalty for modern lenders and financial solutions. Also, they have a great solution when it comes to recruiting. Everyone's calling us Slicka, and I hear you've got a great recruiting program. They do have a really good recruiting program that works really, really well. And it needs to be powered by a really solid CRM. And so, Total Expert is the one I recommend, not just because they're a sponsor, but it's really, really good. Go listen to the podcast we did on March 14th with Joe Wellu. Joe did a great job talking about his vision and where things are at. Also, Knowledge Group is a great way for you to connect with your community. They've launched their new product. We had a podcast on. We did a special episode on April 1st, and Ken Perry laid out that vision. Check it out when you go go to our past podcast, as well as Mobility MMI, the Mortgage Market Intelligence, as well as Modex, which is also a competitor. They're competitors, but I think they're really a great complement to other. If you're recruiting and looking for intelligence about who you're recruiting, you need to use both of these apps, or at least one of them. You should have both of these in your pocket because each of them are complementary to each other and they do a great job of helping you identify who's going to be the right fit for you in your organization. Also, we have a relationship with SnapDocs working backwards from the future where everything closing in a flawless experience, their aim is to completely eradicate errors from the real estate transactions. Did you hear that? Completely eradicate errors from real estate transactions. Check out the interview that we did with Brianna Ings on March 28th. She got into the vision. Pretty amazing. Also, we want to say thank you to Success Kit. They do a great job increasing your business through telling of your story through the stories of your customers. We're using them for that very purpose. Also, Lender Toolkit. Oh my gosh, Brent Emler and Brett Rumley over there at Lender Toolkit do a great job in their technology, as well as Form Free. We appreciate them so much, as well as Simple Nexus. We had Lori Brewer on, and what's going on at Simple Nexus? Guys, you gotta pay attention to this company. It is one of the up-and-comers. They bought LBAWare. They're out there being very aggressive in the marketplace with a great vision. We're thrilled to have them as a sponsor, as well as DW Consulting. Debbie Weems and her team tell you how to set up your LinkedIn profile. We go on and on. We have so many sponsors, and we're so grateful for all of them. So a special thank you goes out to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and Jack, my co-host, for this podcast. Let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with the MBA and the MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, FHFA finalized its strategic plan for fiscal years 2022 to 2026. The plan largely mirrors the draft released in February with the same three overarching goals. One, securing the regulated entity's safety and soundness. Two, fostering housing finance markets that promote equitable access to affordable and sustainable housing. And three, responsibly stewarding FHFA's infrastructure. However, in a notable revision, FHFA removed language that it would seek from Congress the authority to specifically examine non-bank servicers. The removal of the reference to IMB servicers 
in the plan supports MBA's lobbying efforts to remove similar language in draft legislation that could be taken up in the House Financial Services Committee later this spring. And be sure to register for MBA's National Advocacy Conference happening April 26th mm-hmm. through the 27th in Washington, D.C. To register, go to mba.org slash conferences. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, I want to double down and getting registered for the advocacy conference. That is such an important conference, and you can have your voice heard. Go, but business is down. We can't afford it. You can't afford not to be doing this stuff, folks. It is really, really important. Listen to the interview we did with Brian Montgomery here just recently. You'll find out just how important it is and what's going on. I tell you, that's a problem we have in our industry. That's why I also believe in the NBA and what they're doing with the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Anyway, let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. Even Apple's home, Bears aren't giving up quickly. The battle between inflation and recession camps intensifies, marked by big moves both ways. Some expect inflation and a recession, which would shatter many dreams of owning a home. Assuming gasoline prices moderate, the year-over-year CPI growth peaked in March. So, how long will it take for inflation to return to the Fed's 2% target? Expect it within a year. Look for a close below 210 in the 10-year yield before a close above 310. Ask Matt where the 10-year yield is now. Come on, bears. Quit playing games. These views are my own. Know what the game is at tmspotlight.com. Good job. There's a little falsetto in there. I don't know. Les has got this amazing vocal range. And we've sat around many a conference around the piano bar where Loud Logic's Brian would be playing the piano. And Les and I were just singing away. It was so much fun. Les Parker, good job on that. Good view. Check out tmspotlight.com to subscribe for free to the paid newsletter. Use the word power to get signed up. Matt Graham is here in the house. Mr. Excitable. Yeah, and I've been really looking at these screens, Matt Graham. By the way, he's founder and CEO of MBS Live with uh, this week's market update. Matt, how are you doing, friend? As far as asking Matt where the tenure is. Dear God, this is messing with the markets and companies' profits. Yeah, definitely. One saving grace is that MBS have been outperforming at times during this move, largely due to curve steepening. That is, for instance, the two-year hasn't been moving higher as quickly as the 10-year, or at least that was the temporary trend that has taken root recently and is responsible for the curve steepening all the way back up to 40 basis points at this very moment after being inverted a couple weeks ago. So big changes there. Last week was a crazy one, holiday shortened week. It tends to be somewhat more volatile than your average week simply because you have less trader participation, less liquidity. Some traders are rushing to make adjustments or to square their positions ahead of what's expected to be a light liquidity day on those early close days before three and a half day weekends. That may have contributed to some of the drama. We also had the ECB announcement, European Central Bank on Thursday morning. And there's a bit of a paradox going on there because the market read that as being a little bit more dovish than it expected. In other words, uh, the ECB isn't tightening as aggressively as the Fed. And we can see that in the form of the euro weakening 
in the wake of the announcement and the press conference. And the paradox is this, is that if the Fed is tightening policy to fight inflation, and if inflation is a global phenomenon, then if foreign central banks aren't doing as much to fight inflation, that can leave more pressure on the Fed to tighten policy to try to combat inflation. So that's sort of the paradox. In other instances, we might see more unified moves between foreign central bank policy and rates in the U.S. as they react to common economic problems at home and abroad. But if Europe isn't doing heavy lifting, it leaves more heavy lifting for the Fed to do. At any rate, no pun intended, the middle of last week was fine and even a little bit resilient, even a little bit hopeful. And then Thursday was brutal, taking yields up to new long-term highs. And all of this after a decent treasury auction cycle and a very light corporate bond issuance cycle. I mean, it basically is another example of several days of hopeful consolidation being erased by one massive day of selling. We've had that happen three times in less than a month. As long as it continues to happen from a strategy standpoint, we have to continue to remain defensive. And there's nothing in the immediate future that suggests we're waiting on some singular event to undo the damage. It's something the market is really going to have to show us and we're going to have to observe. As far as the nuts and bolts coming up this week, we do have fairly light data, mostly housing focused. Builder confidence today already out at uh, right at in line with expectations. Housing starts tomorrow. They're expected to be in line with the previous reading. Existing homes on Wednesday expected to fall just a bit, but still in strong historical territory. Philly Fed, not a housing report, but the most significant report on uh, Thursday morning expected to continue to show expansion, but not at quite the pace of the previous month. And then Friday is pretty silent with market PMI, not ISM PMI, but market PMI, the lesser of the two versions. So with that economic calendar, it really just leaves us to watch technical levels and watch any momentum shifts that may try to take hold again. But even if that were to happen tomorrow, I personally in this market would want more than four days of resilience and definitely a bigger showing of it than we've had recently before I would get too optimistic about ceiling and rates. That said, the higher we go, the faster we get there. With each new day of a massive sell-off, we're that much closer to the ceiling. We don't know where the ceiling is, mind you, but obviously the higher we go, the closer we are to it, right? So... (laughs) Uh, I realize that's not much of a consolation to anybody, especially not when rates are as high as they are, but it is technically a thing. So there's a limit to how big the selling can get. I think if you do want some legitimate analysis on that front, I would say the market's really waiting to see a shift in inflation before they can really hone in on how the Fed policy response is going to evolve. And like Les was saying, there's a struggle between managing inflation and crippling the economy. And People are curious whether the Fed can actually thread that needle. They may have been close to doing it in 2019. We'll never really know because of COVID. It seems like it might be challenging as far as some people are concerned this time around. The Fed seems to think it's not going to be as challenging. Most any Fed speaker has said recently they can engineer a soft landing, but I think the jury is out on that and markets are a little bit nervous about it until they see what's what. Yeah, no kidding. Lenders are nervous about it. A lot of people are nervous about it. Good job, Matt. Let's get our co-host on here and get some thoughts on that. There's so many things rolling through my mind as we're thinking about it, but Jack, I know avid follower of the markets. Anything you want to uh, ask Matt? Well, first of all, David, I believe that you talk faster than 150 audible words (laughs) per minute. There are times when I literally feel tired after listening to you roll through 
through the intro of the podcast. We comment a lot on Les Parker's numbers that he throws out. I'm certainly hopeful that the Fed actions that we'll see here over the coming months can rein inflation back into the Fed target rate of 2 to 2.5% by the end of the year. Les, I hope you're spot on in that one. And to Matt's comments, yeah, I'm hoping this is going to be a rather benign week in the market. I call this the regional Fed president speak week. And all the regional Fed presidents have various opportunities to make comment to the marketplace. Hopefully those are sound and thoughtful and we don't see anything driving off of those. This is a big earnings week in the equity side of the market. So just go down the list of things that are tending to be a drag on the marketplace, and we'll see how that impacts for earnings. Big week coming out. Speaking of earnings, man, so many lenders are hurting on the earnings front. I mean, the amount of money that was lost in the first quarter, it's just people aren't reacting. Listeners, I think we could have ourselves a third and fourth quarter of this year, some of the biggest bloodbath in the industry, and I'm really concerned that it's going to force a consolidation in the industry. We want every one of you listening to this podcast to prosper and do well, but I think many of you are struggling with taking the appropriate action to right size the P&L to get it to the point where your expenses are in line with the deteriorating earnings. It's just the way it is. We're hoping for the best, Matt, but I hate to say it, you are in the process of delivering a lot of nervous news. If not, just seems terrifically negative, but you do a great job of delivering the news, Matt, really, really well. The saving grace is that purchases remain strong and they tend to remain a lot stronger than refis. And even if you're not doing a lot of purchases right now with the volume of those that's coming into the market, that sets us up for another refi boom whenever rates mm-hmm. eventually correct. And I would not expect them to remain this high forever. I don't want to put a time frame on it. It could be months. It could be a couple of years, but likely nothing more than that. Yeah. And there should be refi opportunities. Even if we're waiting for a bigger bounce, one to three years at some point, there will be a smaller bounce that provides a good amount of opportunity between now and then most likely. Yeah, we need to have a podcast just on the strategies of profitability. We've got a refinance company, that a client that does nothing but refinance transactions. It's just everyone's gotten discouraged, left that space. Our volume has actually gone up. Our profits have gone up. So refinances are not dead. It's what's driving them. It's what they pay attention to. David, one thing to keep in mind, the longer we stay in this higher rate cycle, the more Mm -hmm. profound the next refi boom will be in the marketplace. Yeah, exactly right. It is profound, significant. Also get signed up for mbslive.net. It is the best service out there that gives you so much data in a really meaningful way. Take a look at it. I have it on behind my desk and it's on every Zoom call. People go, oh, that's the market's live. I said, yeah, it's MBS Live. It's the best tool out there. And you can sign up for the extended trial period without a credit card by putting in LOL as a sign up code sure to do it. Appreciate you, Matt, for being here each and every week. You bet, Dave. Thanks for having me and appreciate you too. Have a great rest of your week. Alice Alvey, good friend. How are you doing, sister? I love Alice Alvey and her husband. They are just the most wonderful people and I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Alice, what you got for us? Well, Dave, it was so interesting listening to you all talk about the race because we've been talking a lot about that really as an industry and I was looking at the numbers and we have had a 2% jump in interest rates between November Mm -hmm. 20, I think it is. And then now, yeah. March of 2022, we're up at that 4.6%. So that's what? That's 11 to 20 to 22. That's still over a year of time in that movement, which really does mirror as people keep talking about what happened in 93, 94. But that jump was similar over about mm-hmm. 13 months. And yep. so everybody's kind of, to your point, we've got to take a good hard look at how business is and how things are going. Since you brought up books earlier, I'm going to recommend a book for everybody called O Shift. You can read this book in two hours. There's some pages with eight words on it. When you have one of those, oh my gosh, really rough times are going on or this thing happens and you say, okay, I've got to shift. 
it's a fun read for that. So I just wanted to point that fun read out. When you listen to the MBA advocacy update, it reminds us of what happens in this type of market. The good news is back in those other rate problems and other industry problems, we had legislation on top of us. We do not have that now. We don't have Congress looking to impose a lot of regulations. We lived through all that. And what's happening now, actually, we have to watch FIFA and CFTB very closely. But as they come up with different things, like are we charging too much in fees, we now have all of that revised TILA to fall back on as our defense. So kudos to the MBA. Read their advocacy update that came out today, and you'll be able to see several of the things that they were able to accomplish to help stem off some of the overreach that FIFA and CFPB can occasionally have. So we're watching that closely. But I think the only rules out there that just a heads up on is HUD does have a good one coming out trying to get that we can do a 40-year amortization in servicing. We need to recast loans. Fannie and Freddie offer that. So HUD's just asking to be able to do the same thing that they are. Comments on that are due by May 31st. So this is a quick, easy one for the industry to jump in. Go to the Federal Reserve page, look up HUD, and you'll be able to find this to comment on allowing the 40-year piece. Then the other normal phase that comes around is VA sending in for all of their forms. Is it okay if we keep using this form? So it's part of the Paperwork Reduction Act. But what I find interesting is here comes the VA loan analysis. I think the form's been identical since I started in the industry. They're still asking, is it okay? Do we have to make any changes? And nobody comments. So we have the same form for almost 40 years. So (laughs) if anybody is going, why does this form look so archaic and you want to comment? Yeah, like do we really need age of dependence anymore? So anyway, but so that's just a few fun things that are out there. But to get a new perspective on, read the book O-Shift. Thank yep. you, Dave. Very good, Alice Alvey. I'm going to go download that book as soon as we get done. And it is such an important one. There's such a need for a shift in the marketplace right now, and people are just not doing it. Thank you, Alice. By the way, I should always say Alice is CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage, also known as Bill Cosgrove Mortgage. We refer to it. We love Bill. Love Ed, Bill, Al, and the whole team there. What a great company. Alice, thank you so much for being here. Another one I'm going to share with you folks, listeners. I know of a company close, near, dear to me, I care about deeply, where the owner of the company is the only signer on the accounts. And he recently had a major health issue and he is incapacitated. I mean, unconscious as in a coma. And what it is causing for this company, be sure to check through and see who are the signers. What happens if we had an issue with one particular, the primary owner or the primary person? It comes down to such an important issue and sometimes it's overlooked. It's shocking, I know. But there are companies where they've been around forever, family owned, and the primary shareholder, the the number one shareholder, does not get anyone else on the account. It's creating a real crisis here. We're going to get through it with them helping them through it. But man, oh man, I just remind everybody, who's the signers in your account? If something happened to you, God forbid, make sure that it gets done right, set up correctly. Let's get over to Alan Pollock, who has an update from the tech conference. How was it, Alan? Yeah, it was great. One, I mean, we've all been back to some conferences now. There were still some folks that was their first one back out. It was good to see people. It was plentiful with meetings. I mean, to the point where people were stopping by other folks' trade show booths asking, can we meet with you? The meeting areas were just completely busy, so there was a lot of good collaboration. I didn't see a big turnout from lenders there. There were some. There were some lenders that wound up bringing a lot of people. And then, of course, you have some folks that come just for networking that don't register to be inside because a lot of meetings occur outside of that. But otherwise, David, it was great. Some of the topics that we heard were the following, things that we've heard for a long time, right? Continuity of process, automated underwriting, intelligent automation, data hydration, 
liability and asset analysis. So right now what's happening is it seems that there's a lot of document OCR vendors. A lot of technology mm-hmm. companies have embedded OCR and for great reasons, right? It's so available now. There's a Google platform. There's five different companies alone that I could have found within 20 minutes that do OCR, but a lot of people have embedded their own solution. So folks are ingesting documents, verifying and validating data and documents. A lot of people are working to automate the things that are the most costly. So forget the digital mortgage concept that we keep talking about every year, right? And even four or five years ago, what we thought of digital mortgages, that's kind of off the table at the moment. We're focused on how to move things faster, more intelligent. How do we spend money to get return on investment, right? So can we really automate the income analysis and remove all of the human need and the error that happens? I'm hearing now asset analysis. I'm hearing liability analysis. The question becomes, and this is what other folks have said to me, is you pay for all this technology. How do you know that it's all working together and you're actually saving money? Or are you just reviewing things that still has to go to somebody? So you may save them some time, but is that time equate to enough to X amount of more files per day? And did that only really work when our rates were a lot lower? So a lot of people are confused where to spend their money right now. As mm-hmm. I continue to go down some of the notes I have from the conference, David, I mean, there's companies like Candor. A couple of years ago, they had one or two clients. They stated now that they have 1.5 million loans that they've done automated underwriting that went through their platform and they've had zero repurchase come back from any of that, right? That's fantastic. But it's not replacing underwriting. It's for the front end of the funnel. So that's fantastic. Does it necessarily save you? It depends on your process, right? Maxwell, mm-hmm. by the way, they put out what's called the processor edge, right? So as a processor, you don't have to be in the LOS. You can work inside Maxwell. You can work on conditions, notes to underwriters, bi-directional sync. You can drag to create tasks. House Canary. There's a couple of companies that like House Canary that are working on getting more data on analysis, AVMs bringing information to the consumer and the loan officer about that property and helping to engage because you may not be ready to fill out an application as a consumer, but there's no reason why you can't be engaged with your mortgage lender Mm up front working on properties and being able to get better information. Well, House Canary does a really good job of that. They have a 50-state brokerage behind them, so they're consumer-centric. They have tons of data and do valuations. Then you look at, David, this is the biggest announcement, which is really cool. Obviously, when I said a moment ago, Forget digital mortgage. I didn't really mean that, right, just for the moment. But we are focused also on, right, e-closings, ROM, all the things that got delayed or pushed ahead from when COVID started. Well, Mismo worked with SnapDocs, fantastic website. It is completely free, by the way. You do not have to pay for it. It's called eee.mismo.org, and you can go and put in your zip code of where you're buying a property or where you're helping somebody, and it tells you, not only who will service those digital files, but can you do e-notarization? Can you do the county recordings electronically, counterparty requirements? It gives you everything you need, even settlement agent readiness for every single zip code in the country. And there's a bunch, like half a dozen to a dozen data collaborators that are providing data to MISMO in this effort, and they're looking for more. The data is highly accurate. It's very interesting. You want to check that out. But that was probably one of the coolest things I saw. Then you've got a whole bunch of other things. People are cross-checking and corroborating data, right? That seems to be a common thing I'm hearing about. There's a brand-new LOS on the market. Gentleman from Blend had exited and raised $30 million and started this new LOS called Vesta. I think it's still in its infancy. And when he was on stage, Julian Hebron had said, the elephant in the room is, why would you want to start an LOS company? 
And so that was one of the conversations, which was really, really interesting. As you continue down into some of the other demonstrations, Simple Nexus illustrate a bunch of things that they have going on, especially their Lime Gear product, which is by LBAWare, now a yep. Simple Nexus company. Richie May had a bunch of things about analytics. Again, a lot of people are focused on liabilities and assets and income. People are talking about a waterfall process of income analysis rather than just going out to one vendor. People are talking about automatically running compliance and running services, doing things in a task kind of basis. And then even looking at things where you consider mortgage cadence, right? Be smart, right. HomeBot, they're all talking about more automation. Pavaso was demoing their online notary. The CBC was out there talking about things. So there is just so much stuff going on. And the question becomes really what is a digital mortgage and where is the automation? I saw AI companies. I saw bot companies. I didn't see David, remember a year or two ago, everyone was talking about we're artificial intelligence. I don't right. see companies advertising that anymore. I see them talking about automated. I see them talking about reducing friction, but I see less conversation around AI. So that's the big question, right? Where do we spend money? Where's the return? How do we move the industry ahead? There's an article in Housing Wire that came out uh, today, actually, that talks about what some folks had actually mentioned at the conference, which is, are we really any further ahead in digital mortgage or in the industry than we were maybe 10 years ago? And a lot of people are suggesting maybe we're not, right? We're spending a lot of money. We have a lot of little tiny pieces of it but there's still a lot of standardization and, and, and a lot of things that have to occur to make it really happen. Sounds like the most interesting so, thing that grabbed your attention was the MISBO Snapbox and uh, what's going on there. It's interesting. So. Snapbox is an uh, advertiser with us, and so thrilled to hear that. Yeah. And by the way, right, still taking 40 days to close a mortgage, right? We haven't mm. reduced the cycle time. Yeah, but we have a lot of costs, a lot of new technology, and you can't just implement tech, Dave, right? You need staff, you need people, you need vision, you need strategy. You need execution. You need all these wonderful things. So the question really becomes is what do we now focus on and what do you push through the door and how much money can you really spend on that? So we can talk more about that next week because I've got a list of things that I think the five things I think we really should focus on. And I think a lot of the folks on this podcast will probably resonate. They've made some accomplishments, but a lot of projects never made it over the goal line, right? They maybe made it to the red zone, but they haven't been able to score that touchdown. And so they're left trying to still spend money and figure out how to get it implemented and how to make it into a successful venture. Why would anyone start an LOS right now or build a proprietary LOS? It just doesn't make sense. It's just gotten so much more complicated. I've done it twice. <laughs> and, uh, but it was a long, long, long time ago. It's crazy, 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 crazy. Especially some great companies out there like your company, like Finastra, a lot of good, great companies out there. I heard it was 80% vendor, 20% lender. Could you validate that? Is that true? 100% true. But I got to tell you, even for myself, I found potentially three to four new relationships that I need to integrate or connect with to provide to my clients. So it was still a very successful conference. The waters are muddied. Everybody's talking about the same thing. And you wonder who's really good and who's not good at certain things. Some yep. people like apples, some people like oranges. They're both round. So we've got a lot of round technology and we got to figure out what we like. <laughs> That's good. You always got a right, good sound bite there. Consolidation within the tech space is no doubt going to happen as it happens throughout the lender space very much. Can't wait to get a new report next week. Be sure to come back next week, folks, and listen to all that Alan has to say and send me your questions or send them to Alan. You can send them to Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at tms-advisors.com. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate you being here, friend. Well, folks, that 
that ends the weekly mortgage update. Well, next week, we're going to continue down the theme of that. The company that Alan used to work for is Fiserv. We're going to have Christopher Brown come on and uh, share some of the thoughts. So we're kind of looking at the financial institutions, especially when you look at where the market's heading, the bigger role that the financial institutions are going to be playing, especially with the HELOCs, as Troy was just talking about. So we're going to have Christopher Brown on, talk a little bit about from the perspective of Fiserv, Alan's old turf. Alan, so... Excited to have them on. Let's get over and say a big thank you as we exit out to our sponsors, Finastra, Lenders One, Mobility, MMI, Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, the Mortgage Collaborative, Snap, Doc Success Kit, Lender Toolkit, Total Expert, Form Free, Simple Nexus. You can check out all of our sponsors on the Lincoln and Lending website. So good to have you with us, everybody. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week with Alan's update on technology. His continued update. Can't wait for that, Alan. It's going to be fun. Appreciate you, everyone. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.